This is the Drunken Comedian Podcast with your host, Matt Hoss. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Drunken Comedian Podcast. Whoop whoop. Welcome to February. I hope you have another very lovely time. Uh, those who did dry January, I hope you're living it up with this podcast. Doing Jager bombs and uh, wrecking your liver. I hope you're having fun. Uh... Uh, yeah, uh, if you don't know what this podcast is, it's where me, your host, uh, Matt Hoss, I will interview a comedian over a couple of points. This is one of the more archetypal episodes, really, and uh, by archetypal, I mean I sit in a pub with a comedian, rant for a bit in a quite noisy background, and it turns into an alright podcast. Um, by alright podcast, I mean, please give us five stars on iTunes. Um, I'm going to just pretty much get to it straight away this week and i'll do a bit of faff in the outro but um uh this week we have uh, a two-parter uh we're going to release the second part uh, next week but we have very special guests and it's tin and Duyeb. and tin and he is a a really amazing political comedian he does a lot of ripe topical stuff uh and he's uh, he's one of these comedians where he can do political stuff but he's such an endearing and warm and funny guy, if you know what I mean. He he kind of he's not an angry political comedian. He, he makes his points. He's very elaborate uh, and articulate with what he says. But you're able to go, oh, he's a really nice guy at the same time, which is a really remarkable skill. And I've been friends with Tina for a while. We both did master's degree in stand comedy at the University of Kent. He did it in the second year, and I'm doing it about I don't want to say. But I think about 15 years afterwards. Uh, so, uh, Tiernan's obviously a pro comic and he's uh, been gigging on the circuit for a long time. He's done loads of Edinburgh shows. And we talk about a whole, a whole range of that as well. Um, what else do we talk about? Uh, we talk about these amazing topics of politics, podcasts, babies, Edinburgh, diabetes, and evolving as a comedian. Got all that to look forward to. Uh, but also, um, we started off uh, by talking about TNN's podcast called the Partly Political Broadcast, and if you haven't heard this, you should really check it out. Uh, it's a weekly sum up of the events uh, by TNN. Um, he writes uh, what's happened in the week, and he talks about what's happened. It, he also intertwines us with interviews with people from certain fields, experts in their areas, and you you find out so much and it's uh, it's more than just a funny podcast it becomes like a uh, well a weekly topping up of your news and your uh, your facts but also you learn a lot uh, from the interviews as well it's i think it's a really remarkable podcast and it comes out weekly and uh, it's yeah it's one uh, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to and we started off by talking about something which happened uh, to him in uh, late November, and this is this was recorded before Christmas as well. And he got an email saying that um, his podcast uh, contributed to an echo chamber, which I don't think it does. I think it's actually quite. But I do feel that he is able to be uh, very reflective in all ranges of views and thoughts, and it's not uh, a one horse town, so to speak. Is that the right phrase? I'm not sure it is. However. Um, I think to, uh, we'd start off by talking about how annoyed I got because <laughs> I listened to the podcast while I was driving home from a gig on the M1 uh, and, and not a gig on the M1, but I drove up the M1 after a gig. That would be a really awful gig to do. Uh, 
and I had to pull over to Weatherby Services because I got very annoyed at this one person at their email that they sent it in, which he read out on the on the podcast. And we talk about that to begin with. So I hope you enjoy episode fifteen. Just to warn you before going into the podcast, uh, there is a lot of background chatter and noise and music. Uh, and we did record this in a pub, as we do to describe. But yeah, yeah, I don't think it takes away from what has been said whatsoever. But if you do find it annoying, um, there's not really much I can do about it now. You can you can send me a very snotty tweet if you want that drunk compod. But that's about it. Anyway, enjoy episode fifteen. I hope you're ready for a podcast today, and I hope you're ready for what we're about to say. And you shouldn't come for you on a bus or a train, because we're going to go straight inside your brain. Get ready for the podcast. Yeah. Hope you're ready for the podcast. I bet you're ready for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, you're probably ready. Enjoy the podcast. And uh, they responded very quickly and just said, tomorrow will be fine, dot, dot, dot. And that was it. Oh. And I've had to go back going, but what time? Yeah. How do I call you? And do you want questions? And then they've not responded. I, and I'm like, why would you be so vague? I, I, I kind of uh, hate when people use ellipsis in emails. It's like, are you be, are you pissed off at me? Are you just being are mysterious? Being mysterious? Just yeah. finish with a full stop. You know? Yeah. Are you uh, fading away? Slowly yeah, because you type. It's like, kind of like a Ben Ben Kenobi kind of thing. Like just kind of fading away. Yeah. 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 I, it, it just it, it puts me on edge. It's like, it's yeah. Like, what, what do you mean by that? Is it a throwing shade my way? What's happening? Well, I don't know. Because I also sort of think if you don't want to do it, just don't do it. Yeah, because you kind of get the impression you... that it's like fine. It's a kind of bitchy, isn't it? Yeah. It's really, it's like um, uh, my podcast got a one star review this week from someone, but they didn't write anything. They didn't say it's just uh, clicked on it. Yeah. And I mean, firstly, I think either either that's a mistake or it's someone uh, just being snarky. Yeah. But part of me thinks if it is someone's listened to it, like you put yourself through an hour yeah. show <laughs> and hated it, and you like, why do you listen? It's a podcast. I, I don't understand that mentality as well because there's a lot of people. Fair enough if you don't like it, uh, if not your bank, but there's so much media and free stuff out there, like Netflix, like, if you're not enjoying something, why would you watch it to the end? Yeah, you, you know, can just go to another thing. Literally fix. anything else as well. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, so, um, absolutely. Yeah, and sorry to hear, I, I produce a history of comedy podcast. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, in the first couple of weeks, we've got uh, quite a lot of five stars, which is really nice, good. Nice, yeah. But there's just this two-star review, uh, which, I don't know, it's, it's basically he's like, he's not like, interested in the history of comedy, so I was like... Why you listen to this podcast? Oh my god! So it's a bit, bit of an odd one, really. Yeah, people are so strange. It's like that one that you messaged me about about the what the person criticised me for my podcast being an echo chamber. Yeah, well, but that was like, like, but all podcasts are, isn't that the whole point of it? You you invest into that thing, and that's that's the whole sphere of it. And uh, I know obviously your podcast is about political stuff, yeah, yeah. and and it's cool to think that you're you're inside uh, you, it's to burst someone's echo chamber, but. It just didn't make any sense. It really annoyed. I was no, like, I was driving up the uh, A1. And I was listening to it. I was like, no, I'm gonna have to fucking pull over because I was just like, I was furious <laughs> oh, on mate, the inside. I'm pleased. I'm pleased it made you angry. His his reply made me quite angry. Well, I mean, no, not his reply. His email. And I was like, I just don't know why you. Li- you know, if you want to listen to listen to the Times one or one of the other ones, you know, or the yeah. Brexit podcast, where they interview two different. You know, 
one week's leave, one week's remain. Or but that, that's the thing, though. It's, um, with the modern age, a lot of people are very. I just want to fire accusation out without backing it up. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You're, like, oh, you're yeah. No echo chamber. It's like, well, I'm not. I hear some evidence. And then there's no response, if you know what I mean? Like, no, there's a complete lack of. Uh, there's a lot of that. Yeah, I am. Across the board. That's, that's Twitter every day. Yeah, no, literally. That's what it You've is. You've summed it up. That's like, what your slogan should be. <laughs> just shit every Random day. Random accusations every day. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's, that's the more. It's like the Wild West at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, with uh, online stuff like that. But but I think like what I really love about the podcast is that although I could like we mentioned two negative cases about it, but um, you've created a really nice fan base with uh, on- online as well. People are really invested into it, and uh, I know that's where I get a lot of my. Um, it's where I top up with the news, the stuff I right, miss okay. and stuff like that. I'm pleased you said top up because again that was one of the other yeah. actually very nice views. Five star yeah. but they kind of said don't use this as your news source. I'm like, but who is? Yeah, yeah, like right. it's fine if you use it to like I, I choose the stories I'm interested in that yeah. I can also make funny. Yeah, I'm hoping people aren't listening to me going this is my only source of news. Like what? It's um, but yeah, that's fine. Top up the news, I think is fine. But of course, yeah. like there's some stories which I have missed, but uh, I'm not listening to it like what Therese Mason that? Oh my god! Like, yeah. like Imagine if that was the only thing you've listened to. Well, also, all week. like some people don't listen to podcasts. It's been out for a week, and I'm like, you and you've missed it. Yeah, like, like there've been a couple of weeks where um, just just because um, I've been busy, or whatever, I missed out a couple of weeks' episodes. So I listened back to it. Yeah, and like it was over the Catalonia thing. Imagine yeah. just like. Oh, this has all happened quite yeah. fast, hasn't it? <laughs> uh, so people are so strange. Yeah. There you go. But, um, yes, anyway, I realise um, now you're recording and I'm talking about my podcast on your podcast, which is... Um, it's like podcastception, you know? Uh, yeah, that's, it's, so, it's so metaphor, isn't it? Like, so many, how many, so meta, sorry, how many layers of... Uh, I said metaphor, I've only had two sips of beer. <laughs> I already confused matter and metaphor. Um, but, like, yeah, we need to now start discussing podcasts within more podcasts okay. within podcasts on your podcast within your podcast so in this podcast within the podcast what uh, what are your favorite podcasts to listen to oh my god uh always adam buxton's one yes, because he's so a hero of mine yeah um just for year ever since the adam and joe show on channel four which i i just couldn't believe it. oh in fact even since i watched them on takeover tv i realized okay uh even before that um so adam buxton's i really like talking politics which is Cambridge University's politics department discussing politics every week and it makes me feel smart but there's also several moments where I have to pause it and like kind of like let my brain process things and then listen to it again if that, uh, if that makes you feel better I have the same process for your podcast like whoa okay I need to pause well, that that makes me feel loads better yeah. Jesus no, well, um, no, it's quite technical your podcast though in, in all fairness I think uh, not, well not technical but you have um there's a lot of uh, facts in it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> but it's um, in all fairness, before listening to your podcast, I wasn't really political as a person. But when I yeah. listened to it, I was like, it kind of um, it kind of started like it kickstarted a flame in oh, the that's good. You know what I mean? Good. So, I'm really, I mean, but the thing is, because I'm really aware that I don't have a team of researchers, which I would I'd love uh, if there's anyone out there just fancy doing research for free. Yeah. Um, but like so, like this week I talked about the Irish book, the Irish border. No, it's not sneezing at all. It's really upsetting and blah blah. But um, but it's like the, all the, the facts about how a border can work. I researched the extent that I'm capable of researching. So I've given all the facts that I could give. There's probably more, and, and there's probably more. But I just feel like I don't want to be another person that throws out shit that isn't correct because yeah. there's again the internet already for that. But, uh, but yeah, so anyway, so yeah, talk, but talking politics is like they've got theory, they've yeah. got proper political theory, and these academics that can back it up as well. So. That's it, academics, and they know history. Yeah. Like I know, I haven't got a clue about history, and so they they discuss things really brilliantly, and I'm sitting there going, I'm an idiot, I don't yeah. understand. 
Um, yeah, yeah, but do they have jingles? So, so. They don't have jingles, and they also, I need to write a new jingle soon, and they also don't have any jokes. Well, they have occasional little gags, but yeah. it's not um, It's very good, though. It's I, very good. Um, uh, without being too sycophantic about uh, your podcast as well, though, I... Uh, it's uh, I, I genuinely get excited when uh, the Brexit fallout music comes on, like Brexit fallout. I had a really nice email from someone telling me that every time, because they do politics at university, and every time they Brexit is mentioned, <laughs> yeah. the, the jingle comes into their head. No, it's like that's brilliant. Uh, I'm very pleased about that. Um, I don't know why, but the uh, the, the opinion onion one also oh, yeah. got into my head as well. Uh, well, actually, on most my of sort of Billy Bragg yeah. type <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've been to write one this week for budget, but I had because I had a cold all week. I wanted to uh, do a sort of like Chaz and Dave's rabbit rabbit yeah. but with budget budget but it didn't come out probably because I had a cold yeah. like, budget, 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 so you couldn't really hear anything so yeah. I gave up but. so is that an influence from Adam Buxton uh, yeah totally entirely, entirely yeah. but well, yeah I mean also just the the thing that um, I, oh, this is you know and you just wish you had I mean I say I wish I had more time in the world I was telling you before this that I've just been playing <laughs> been playing Lego Marvel too. but um, but like really if I had like lots of time yeah. all, uh, I would do so many more audio things and radio you know sketches and things on the podcast like, yeah. I, I did when I first started just because I love the, the you know it's audio like you can just do little games and put yeah. sound effects Definitely, in and yeah. make it something more than it is and uh, especially I think with politics should be so boring like you may as well make it like I think um, uh, ages ago when it was the Brexit referendum campaign I did a whole sketch about um, all the different uh, mythical creatures and oh, when they were going to vote leave or remain. I right. remember messaging you and like, I, I, I had to like, it was, I was packing up my stuff at the time, I was laughing so much because it was like Cthulhu voting. Oh yeah, Cthulhu <laughs> voting leave, yeah. Because uh, I can't remember what the reasons were, but it was to do with the environment. Does it do the environment that yeah. be more flooding than he can t- control more yeah, things or something? It was something stupid like that. Yeah. But, but all that sort of stuff, I would like to have more time. But for a start, there's too much news. So that means I have to leave more news out. Fucking news. When will it stop? And then the other thing is just, yeah, that requires like an extra half a day writing to kind of... Well, that's the thing, because you started off the podcast in January 2016. Yeah. And um, it, started, like, it started off quite reasonable in terms of like the... Um, the amount of news coming through was like you, you, it, was, it was enough for a week it was like hitting about 30-40 minutes a week that yeah. podcast I think and then June came well even before June you are doing the Brexit kind of preparation mm. stuff and now I remember the episode where you were like um, kind of you fully displayed the case for for and against Brexit and what your views were on it and um, I, th- I thought it was such a useful tool for anyone who didn't know anything about the referendum yeah. which turned out to be quite a lot of people uh, but since June came like you, you were like you had so much to talk about and well, then week. it was Trump as well and like yeah. fucking everything like it's the last year and it's just yeah I don't know it's, it's really exhausting <laughs> it's like yeah you sort of want just a little bit less big stories to, to get through but, but then I, I'd also have not have enough to talk about so you can't win can you well that's the thing like, uh, but I imagine a, a stress for satirists now is that uh, how long does a reference say topical for because like uh, yeah. it's because uh, uh, like, I, I saw like um a couple of comedians like using outdated references, not nothing political, but just like stuff which like using eighties references for like a certain kind of oh, like, Jesus and just Christ. like that didn't quite work. It's not uh, not applicable anymore. If I yeah. don't know what it is, uh, but um, so, but that must be even harder if you're trying to talk about political material as well. If it's like not current. yeah, but then you I think I think um, and I mean this in a nice way, but like n- normal people as a not weirdo <laughs> fucking comedians, normal people don't have time to spend all day watching the news, yeah, reading every course, article yeah. like I do in my stupid life so I find that people are best on uh, you know with general stuff from the past month you can kind of go for or the past year if it was a big enough event 
yeah, you know, course, yeah. Um, I mean, I did a really nice gig the other week that was uh, arranged by Johnny and Paddy, Johnny and Baptist, oh, and, yeah, and Josie Long on and Bishop K. Alley and Joe Neary, and, Mi- and I was hosting, and it was in Oxford at the uh, old fire stations for charity. And the audience were savvy on, and like I was yeah. doing news from the afternoon. Uh, it was about Mugabe resigning Mugabe. Yeah. Yeah. I keep saying Mugabe, so he's like, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, he was uh, responsible for um, robbing insects, but um, he. So anyway, I was a bit about that and, and, and stuff to do with the Brexit stuff that day mm-hmm. and they were on it and I was like, oh, you're beautiful people. Yeah. But, but most people don't. Most people haven't, haven't, don't give a shit. Yeah. Haven't come bothered. Um, the bigger problem as well that I find is that I turn over too much and so I realised like podcasts on episode 83 plus bonus episodes, I think it's on like 87 or something, yeah. 88. And I don't remember most of that material <laughs> yeah. and I don't use it in shows. And I really should, like, I should keep a proper log because I'm just throwing stuff away and actually so much stuff comes back Yeah, that I should just keep it, yeah, but I never do. But that's, um, you, you, obviously every week uh, podcast you're doing topical material, but uh, in your last Edinburgh show you decided to do a political show which wasn't topical, that was kind of because I'm sick of it. Yeah, Because I wanted to write something that would last longer than uh, two days. (laughs) Well, uh, and it was really, um, it was a really and uh, interesting show as well and you've recently just filmed it right? Yeah I filmed it two Sundays ago and, yeah yeah and how did it go? Yeah. It was really good the filming was lovely um, it was at a little venue called Two North Down which used to be the Invisible Dot and it's right near King's Cross and it doesn't fit many people in it at all which was good because not many people came but I mean like a nice <laughs> man they filled it up yeah. but it was like a lovely small intimate audience yeah. and it was great apart from a weird blackout that happened halfway through that we had to fix all the lights just went off and it was I can't remember what I was talking about it was yeah. very strange uh, but other than that like the power of editing yeah. it won't be there on the filming um, but yeah it was it was really nice and and I think oh, I don't know I think most the, the problem is is like and you know this having done Edinburgh I really liked all that material when I first wrote it and then yeah. after Edinburgh I hated it all because I'd said it so many times course, that yeah. I couldn't find any of it funny anymore and I just questioned all of it and so that was the last time I said it and I feel quite pleased that it's now out gone because yeah, you're not touring it as well so, uh, but, no. but, but other shows you have toured it before yeah I, well no I toured my one to oh god no 20 show, right? no 25th 2014 2014 show called This Isn't For You uh, I toured yep. and I did a, a few dates for the 2016 one I remember seeing you in Canterbury as well um, yeah, yes at the Marlow uh, at the Gulbenkian Gulbenkian yes which is yeah. a nice little place uh, in the cafe though yes. wasn't it yeah yeah. They, uh, yeah 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 that was it was not but yeah that one was fun but yeah no I've only really toured when I've booked a tour myself and I've not been I was trying to think what the opposite of lazy is <laughs> <laughs> I've, not, I've not been productive enough proactive, I've not been, yeah. yeah proactive uh, any of the pro works yeah. <laughs> I've not been prolapse uh, I've but, not been propane but then but again yeah. you said yes. like you um, though you haven't booked a tour you still do a lot of time like you spend a lot of time working on comedy though. like with the podcast that is demanding as well so uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it, I don't know it's, it must be hard to kind of balance a lot of things in mind as well uh, and yeah um, uh, but uh, you're soon to be a dad soon, right? Yeah. Uh, are, you, are you excited about that and how that's going to fit into your comedy uh, life? Very excited slash slightly terrifying. <laughs> because <laughs> that excited sounded a bit like... Oh, well, dear. no, no, I'm genuinely excited. Like, every day... We, so, um, uh, this morning we had uh, um, the midwife appointment. And oh, yeah. For the... I uh, can't remember what week. We're coming up to week 26. 
and uh, so I got to hear the heartbeat again Aww, and the little so blighter tried to kick just kept kicking every time they mentioned it so like they're properly excited like, I'm really amazing. excited yeah, but yeah. I'm also aware of how well I keep myself alive and the prospect of having to keep someone else alive yeah. is really terrifying yeah. but I'm looking forward to having to write less material because they will just generate it yeah. by being a small person uh, um, there's a brand new um, I'm currently gigging with a, a new open mic comedian he's about um, 37 uh, and he's just starting comedy he's been a dad for about like 7 years and he has this wealth of material from his children and like god damn I've had to write jokes and stuff like that it's not I mean, fair is it yeah uh, I mean like, this is the main reason I'm having one I'm just, I've run out of ideas so I'm like, I need you, Edinburgh you just inspire me uh, yeah it'll be interesting I'm, I'm really looking forward to it there's, there's a few other uh, show, I'm not going to mention for sake of, I don't know how public it is but there's a few other comedians who are having babies next year oh, uh, so it'd be, all, all of us are going to have all this material <laughs> and then they pooed everywhere yeah. expecting people to give a shit yeah. conjoined shows about like, yeah, that's it yeah. that's it yeah I've already, I've already been again talking about doing a podcast with one of them that we'll do as a dad cast yeah. uh, some sort of thing but yeah so we'll see um, yeah it should be good I think there's a nice thing though in that um, with I mean I say nice thing is it is it good it's probably terrible bank wise and money wise yeah. but in terms of when other people are struggling to get time with work to spend time with their kids my yeah. wife's self-employed she's yeah. a writer and an, an actress and, and I'm self-employed so we can just go right well we'll just see our child lots yeah that's good isn't it well, but yeah I suppose if, if you and your wife are both uh, self-employed you're able to kind of um, although it's constant uh you can kind of figure out your own schedule, if you know what I mean. So you can, yeah. You know, if you're doing a couple of nights dates up north, you can kind of uh, like swap balance it out. Yeah, exactly. yeah, absolutely. Or just bring the tiny person along, get them to drive some of the journey. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, like pull over at Peter. You can do the support slot. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Dad, just kind of sleep uh, backstage. You do the support yeah. slot. And I'll take. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Generally, our day-to-day discussions are. What awful things can we dress it up as <laughs> yeah. within the first year of its life before they start yeah. getting upset about? Yeah, before they start remembering stuff. Then. That's it. Uh, That's it. Any, any uh, costumes planned or anything like that? I mean, there's definitely. I want to get some sort of woolen beard that they can wear, whether it's a boy or a girl. Yeah. Um, we definitely want pirate costumes, Halloween costumes, superhero. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're we're making a small list. Um, small animals, little bear. <laughs> we saw a little bear costume the other day and went, oh yeah, they only need to have a little bear. I think you might be the cutest parents in the world. <laughs> Slash most irresponsible yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been washed for days yeah but look he's a little dragon but how cool so, is yeah, it exactly. so, 500 retweets on Twitter that's it that's that's what matters you've got to remember what really matters in life <laughs> what, what really matters is the retweet yeah. always the retweets well, uh, sorry, I forgot to say uh, welcome to the podcast, by the oh, way. Oh, wow, this is a good uh, long intro. Uh, well, You've got, yeah. I, uh, to be honest, it's very, very chilled out podcast. I've noticed, you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm a cool guy, Tiernan, you know. Uh, do you want to, um, do you describe the ambiance around yeah, you for we, the... We, we can, uh, well, how about you can describe the ambiance? Because uh, we're in the Great Northern Railway pub. We are indeed. In Hornsey. In Hornsey, yeah. yes. Uh, which is neither... Uh, Wood Green nor Crouch End but somewhere in between Yeah, the, the no man's land in between it's, no, it's a very nice area there's loads of comics around here we're oh, very really? near Ben Tarje and we're very near Adam Hills and really? Tim Minchin's house when he's in London and Phil Nichols not far and Mark Watson's not far I'm trying to think who else there's more there's more around here yeah I feel like we can kind of like 
play like comedian advent calendar. You can go to like a comedian's house every. Just, <laughs> just knock on the doors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's daytime. They'll all be in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah you should be. Yeah, should message them to go on the podcast as well. Get, yeah. get them all around. Get them pump crawl. You could have done a mass a mass cast. I don't know. I really want to do like a house party. Get, get a few comedians around and just kind of do like a table kind of getting drunk thing. But I've. I need more friends to do that, if you know what I mean. Well, also, you'll have the... the I mean, I assume you don't, you ask nice... I mean, a lot of them are nice means, but you might end up with that thing where they will try and out-funny each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that, you know, that's why I play the uh, low-status character here. So I'm, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> not trying to be funny whatsoever, so uh, for my whole... But that is an it. important role in the comedic <laughs> yeah. Uh, world. Yeah, I, uh, I'm the straight guy, you know. Uh, the sure, which I mean, it's difficult when you're doing your solo stand-up <laughs> stuff, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> the audience is the four guy, so... Whoa, yeah, yeah. whoa, there's something there, man. A whole Edinburgh show where, where you're the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, so essentially, I, I could do like a, it'd be like a double act, but the the the, the fool isn't there, so I just kind of just be a straight man. I feel like, oh, the weather's nice, isn't it? Oh, it's, uh, and just like just do that for a whole hour, you know? Yeah, and just have to constantly like face palm. Yeah, and exactly. go, oh, what are you like? Yeah. Like, so I think that's most open mic comedians I see. To that is true. Yeah, yeah, fair play, fair play. They're already doing it without knowing, because <laughs> yeah. that's how strange it's got on the circuit. Yeah. Oh. Um, When's the last time you went to an open mic night? You saw some like, like, like a weird. Open oh, like so long ago. I kind of miss it though. I kind of. What did I do? I hosted a sort of. Uh, oh no, I hosted a, a labour event recently. It was meant to have open micers on it, but all of them but one dropped out, and the one was a sort of local guy who wasn't really a comedian, such a sort of political ranty guy. But he actually didn't do too badly. Okay, yeah. But um, but no, I haven't been to a proper open mic for ages. And like I miss it. I miss. It. I know. I know. I miss the weird. Yeah. Well, I miss the weirdos. Like I don't know what. We're, have you? Have you got good weirdos <laughs> oh, at the moment? Like um, uh, every so often, I uh, I host uh, Long Live Comedy in Newcastle, uh, which oh, is yeah. like a it's a weekly free night. It's the longest running comedy night in Newcastle, and I like doing it because it's um, basically if it's on Tuesday night, if I'm free, it gets me just ready for the week, um, and. Uh, and anyone and everyone's welcome there, and literally anyone. Like, uh, and there's some absolute weirdos who do it as well. Uh, there's this one guy. Um, oh, I'm not sure if I should say his name, but recently he uh, he he was so. It's his first time doing comedy, but he was quite obviously there was certain um, instabilities there. Uh, sure. He was. He went on for 15 minutes without making any any real jokes and just talking about. Sticking uh, uh, plums up uh, Theresa May's bum, and then uh, uh, also sticking plums up Boris Johnson's bum, and it was like it was just—it's utterly crazy. And then, um, how long were they meant to be doing? Was it five? Five minutes, yeah, man, of course, yeah. And it was like I was like waving them off, like "Come on, mate!" Uh, and just they just kept on going and going. They always uh, do. It's the complete yeah. unawareness of time, or yeah. But he thought he was smashing it, but it was deadly silence. You know what I mean? Uh, but then he came back the following week, uh, and uh, he was like. I want to go on stage, and but it was like there's no audience. It was like, oh, we're gonna pull it. He was like, no, I'm yes. gonna do it. So he, what he did is he grabbed two people from outside, two drunk people. It's like, right, we've got an audience now, and they were like, they were dodgy to begin with. Like, no, no, we'll just cancel it. He goes, no, we're doing it. And he went on stage, and as they started grabbing the microphone, and started doing his set on stage, and we're like, no, we'll get, we're going now. And uh, then him uh, and uh, the promoter. And he kind of uh, uh, the promoter grabbed him by the cuff and was like, "Get out, you bard! Not to do comedy here evermore." And uh, and he had this kind of eye Daniel Blake moment. He was like, "I'm gonna start a brand new comedy night. It's gonna go every week." And uh, so you're missing out, really, Tiernan. Uh, Sounds amazing. <laughs> you should come I'm, along and do it. Yeah, there's because I'm I remember like from my there's certain people that really stick in my brain from my age. One. Uh, 
One was a couple of twins called Johnson and Johnson who were both sort of bald twins in suits and they sang songs about being twins. Yeah. But it was really haunting and a bit like The Shining. Yeah. And I found it really uncomfortable. And a lot of people wouldn't laugh because they'd just be like, oh God, this yeah. is weird. Um, and then there was a guy called Joel Elnock who um, I think uh, obviously he had mental health issues so he's yeah. actually not, um, shouldn't find yeah, it funny. Yeah. But what he was amazing about him is he would go on stage and often... Well, sometimes he turned up to geeks with just like old an old computer screen or like weird things that he seems to collect in. He did not do anything about them in his set; he just put them <laughs> on the stage. Um, sometimes he he turn up in like a real um, and I was going to say in a dress, which isn't particularly unusual, but it would look like one of those flip books when somebody changes the torso. Okay, and the, yeah, uh, yeah, he yeah. just to get dressed and um, and he he would go on stage and he'd sort of do things like, oh, it's a bit hot in here, isn't it? Oh, it's really oh, it's really warm, and he talked like that. And be a bit weird. And people thought he's a character. Yeah. And I first came across him doing like what was the London Comedy Festival, which briefly happened several years back. I think Greg Davis won the competition at that time. But I didn't. I I didn't get through the first round. I was like, really, I've done like four gigs. But he got through because people thought he was a character. Oh my act. god! Yeah. And uh, and it was only in the second round when he did when he got more weird. People went, oh no, he's. he's oh my issue. god! Yeah. yeah. And, and that happened to him quite a lot. It's fascinating. Well, um, when I first started out doing comedy, I um, I hosted a, a gig up north, um, like a local gig in a in like a, a village hall for like uh, just young farmers. Uh, I was it's like New Year's Day around that. Uh, young area. farmers, not young fathers. Uh, yeah, young right, farmers. Okay, sure. uh, sorry, my, my pronunciation. Uh, no, no, it's because there's that that Mercury Award prize-winning uh, yeah. group, young fathers. Yeah, and yeah. I wasn't sure if you were doing like a really cool hip gig or the absolute opposite. No, definitely the, the opposite. opposite. Yeah, right, sure. okay, it's, cool. it's very, uh, very uncool. Right, uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> last time I did it, I had to close the gig. I was like, all right, good night, everyone. And then I had to do the bingo results. So uh, that was that was fun. Uh, oh wow! Uh, what were the prizes? Oh, just really shit raffle I just bet whatever people brought like uh, I bet there was meat wasn't there uh, it was like I, I was vegan at the time as well just like oh, yeah just beef <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's yeah. beef allotments um, <laughs> I, I mean currently I'm still vegan but, uh, but that was the time when I was vegan uh, yeah and when I first started out um, I was talking to Joby McGeehan do you know Joby by any no. chance he, he's based in uh, Newcastle and uh, I did the gig and he um, at the time, I wore bowling shirts because my uncle said I need something to kind of define me, and I wore this. I don't wear them anymore because, like, it's not really me. You know what I mean? It's very, sure. it, it's, it makes me look kind of like it, it was okay as an open mic thing because it kind of made me stood out a little bit, and it kind of it kind of reflected somewhat on my persona. However, when when Joby saw me perform, he was like, "Oh, I thought you were a character act until I met you off stage." I was like, "Cheers, Joby. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you." But uh, yeah, that's brilliant. Which says something about my material. Yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> Never mind. I like that, but it might mean that you get away with more stuff than you should because people don't believe that you actually mean it. Well, uh, it's, well I'm, I kind of go through a transition with my material at the moment because my older stuff like was a bit more like people were like, did that really happen? I don't. I, um, I used to do a story about um, going to Amsterdam when I was eighteen on a lads' holiday, but my mum. Um, came along with me uh, right. and she, she offered me a prostitute at that time uh, and uh, but people were like no your mum didn't actually do that I was like yeah my, my mum's crazy she she, uh, she did do that um, I now I'm a bit more I, I think it's a bit more I've been doing a bit more earnest material to people and right. stuff that's happened to me now but then that's really depressing that stuff that is actually true it's annoying it's too yeah. far-fetched for people 
Well, I think, Jay, um, not to compare myself, but James Acaster, uh, he did a, he just released Classic Scrapes, and in the introduction oh, yeah. he says, uh, these are stories uh, which were on Josh Whittaker's show, uh, but in stand-up people didn't believe that they actually happened in real life, so uh, they, they were uh, the radio show as opposed to sure, yeah, yeah. a book. So I've got a book deal in the future, that's yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's good, isn't it? Save the super weird ones for... Yeah. Do you think people believe more if they read it? Well, I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, if you explain to, the internet if you, if again. You, yeah. If you're going to release a book, what would your book be about? Oh God, I have no idea. I, I've got a fiction that I want to write, mm. um, but uh, uh, yeah, I was trying to think if I should tell you about it. Um, yeah, but I want I want it to. Well, I've sort of got an idea that's been in my head for ages that I will never ever have time to do it unless someone gives me a lot of money. Yeah. But it's essentially it's not giving too much away, but it's essentially about someone who deletes everything about them online and then throws their passport away and goes and lives in the woods in Canada okay. <laughs> and just kind of just just gets uh, gets rid of modern life yeah. and, and hides and I really uh, but, but there's a lot more to it than that but that's kind of like the I've got a whole kind of arc for it that I want to do uh, oh, when when will I ever I've yeah, got a child coming this will yeah. never happen um, yeah but I've never got any idea I got asked by a, a book publisher recently about like they were looking for sort of funny books or books that they did, they wanted non-fiction yeah and I was like I don't know I don't know what to say I don't have anything I never know what I, I, I don't know how I talk so much anyway I don't have a lot to say Oh, um, uh, also, uh, I realise we haven't actually mentioned Ambrion to the place. Uh, we, we, oh yeah, we, we meant to. Yeah. Um, we get, well, this this is a good podcast because we get distracted quite a lot. But however, uh, well, if we come back to it, because we, we were meant to say something about that. It's so. good, but now it might be ruined if people don't haven't got guessed the Ambrions before. We now throw them off. Fucking. Uh, I mean, if anything, I sort of like the idea that they just imagine where we are. Yeah. Where Where does it suit them? They might yeah. think you're, you know, we're in a crater in the Mesopotamian <laughs> Valley. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that's the place. Yeah. Uh, whereas actually, we're in a very. It's a very Christmassy pub today. Actually, I have to say, it's really nice and Christmassy in here. And uh, what What are you drinking today? Um, oh, what was that called? It was called a bra- bramble. Bramble, I think. Bramble. Yeah. yeah it's I, a, it's some sort of sour. Beer uh-huh. uh, that is North London expensive, but it <laughs> yeah. tastes oh, yeah. really nice. That's good. Really nice. Are you Light, like, but like with a little sour, like as though it's a connoisseur. Yeah, I like yeah, it. That's that. How's that? Co- yeah. No, a connoisseur would be like sour, like something. Whereas I just go a bit sour. I was, in my head, I was thinking like Haribo sours. That's that's the kind of crap. Cor- cor- I'd be like a, be a great dad. Current shop connoisseur. That's that is. Yeah. Uh, so, are you are you a big drinker? No, I used to, I was I have been I have been many times yeah. in my life. I have become much less so in the last probably four or five years, mm. mainly because uh, my hangovers now are so bad <laughs> that I I it's like prevent pre, you know um, sort of preventive measures of not drinking in the first place so that I don't have to go through with them. Um, also because. The boring bit of it is, uh, having been diabetic for 32 years, course, I yeah. started to think I should probably take this seriously <laughs> and be better with my health. Yeah. Um, and I'm so crap at exercise that the best thing yeah. for me to do is to cut down on booze and bad food. Well, I, the first, when I turned vegan, I thought, ah, that's better, like, I can just do that instead of exercise, right? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work like that. No, certainly not, no. I wish there was, I wish there was, there was a man on TV this morning who's like, what's the competition? The competition that Arnold Schwarzenegger won years ago, Mr. Olymp... 
for some other reason. Yeah. Was, I can't remember what it's, it's called. Similar, like, one those, like, yeah, yeah the one where people look ridiculous with all the fake tan and they uh, they look like some sort of HR Geiger <laughs> yeah, yeah. creation and uh, with all their muscles. But this guy seemed really, he's like a, he's won it like the last six times and he's this Welsh guy. He seemed really lovely actually, like they were kind of saying like how strong you are and he said, my wife's stronger than me and yeah. I was like, that's quite yeah. funny. He was very good, a nice guy. But he was saying like he hates the gym and it's all about eating and I was looking at him going, mate, this isn't, yeah. Like, I've gone gluten free for one. It's not fucking. That's yeah. not happened. Like, that guy obviously doesn't eat hummus at one o'clock in the morning. Like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He doesn't know that the comedian struggle, really. That's it. Yeah, but, yeah. So, do you struggle um, with, uh, with, with, with your diabetes? Uh, is it difficult to kind of balance up with comedy? Because I'm, when, I'm, when I'm going out to gigs, sometimes you rush for time and stuff like that, and you have to eat at service stations. Uh, uh, do, yeah. uh, do you find it a struggle to kind of balance the diet? Yeah, it's got a lot better since I got um, a diabetic insulin pump, which yeah. I got. Um, oh, God, like. Uh, seven, six, seven years ago, I think. My old one was crap though. My new one's much better. But that basically gives me instant all time. Allows me a lot more flexibility. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, before that was just on injections, and that was harder. Yeah. Because uh, you kind of had to time things a bit better. But it's, it's, the thing is, it's different for everyone. Because like Ed Gamble's diabetic, and I think he manages it tons yeah. better than me. Yeah. But I've always had quite a sort of sporadic diabetes. Because it's all about uh, the type one. Yeah. But I won't be too boring about it. But it's about keeping your sugars balanced. So you mustn't let them go too low, or you go into a hyperglycemic coma. Yeah. Or you mustn't let them go too high, or you end up spaced out and yeah. your eyes go wrong and your legs fall off, and uh, basically all the terrible stuff. Um, which is, I'm saying that in a partly funny way, but it's also <laughs> yeah. genuine yeah. shit that can happen. Um, so, it's about balancing it and the comedy when you go on stage regardless of how you feel your adrenaline shoots your blood sugars up of course for like yes, two hours and then it comes down for two hours and so I now with a pump I can curb that because I can give myself a little bit of insulin while on stage but not too much so that I go low on stage oh, and I couldn't do that before and that's helped because uh, for years it made my blood sugar readings look higher than they were because of the amount of gigs I was doing so, um, oh my God. but the worst yeah. thing is genuinely uh, it's because I've constantly got insulin in me and insulin this is so boring. So no, no, no. It's, it's, thing is, it's, it's deeply boring because I deal with it, so I find it boring. But um, it, insulin absorbs every bit of glucose, so you, you never um, burn any of it off. Like, uh, it yeah. instantly absorbs it all, turns it all into fat and basically energy. So if you're having insulin yourself all the time, which normal people wouldn't because they produce it when they need it, yeah. that means you put on a shitload of weight, <laughs> basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's like, do I want to put on weight but have better sugars or do I want worse sugars but lose weight? Yeah. There's no winning yeah. either way. Dead by 50. No, not dead by 50. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Future child. <laughs> um, but, like, I find that fascinating that you can literally just alter your body uh, for, for a comedy gig. It's like, alright, I need to have, like, uh, especially if you're doing an hour on stage, that must yeah. take your toll with your body as well. Uh, yeah, well, you have to make sure your sugar all. Basically, you have to make your sugars all sure your sugars all right before you go on stage for that because, like, yeah. I mean, you meant to anyway, and I do, but a lot of the time you have to blood test and check. Yeah. But like, the, there have been times where I've got low on stage, and suddenly then I can't respond to hecklers because if you if your blood sugars go low, you basically start spacing out. I can't form sentences very well. Uh, it, it's a situation where my wife will often tell me to just shut up and eat a biscuit because she knows that I'm not making any sense. Yeah. yeah. And they should just try and sort me out. You know, eat sugar, stop it. Um, but uh, and if you're high you end up it's quite like you're stoned often uh, you're okay. really spaced out so neither are particularly good for a gig yeah so in that middle ground yeah um, and, uh, and, and I've had a few gigs where I definitely would have had a better time if my sugars had been better I, but then again there's some gigs that I, I've done where like uh, I think I, I, w- I would love to have something to go, oh, that's, that's probably for that reason. But yeah, oh, definitely. Uh, no, no, I, bear in mind, I've also had a lot of gigs that have gone badly because <laughs> I've been shit. 
that, that's a very different situation. <laughs> yeah. I said a handful yeah. <laughs> that I can blame on Brushingers. But there's, there's sometimes, like if like if you've driven like three hours and you're at a gig, some, you're not you're not feeling the best as it is. No, you know no, no. I mean? no. Yeah. So well, it's, have you had to do any? Uh, do you, have you done any abroad ones yet? No, no. Right. Have you done? Uh, how, many, how many gigs have you done abroad? Uh, loads. Yeah, yeah. I don't so know, but, but then the weird thing of like with, with abroad, sometimes you fly in and then have to oh, do a gig that no, night. Yeah. And I'm never good after a flight. It doesn't matter how short the flight is. Yeah. Something about it just knocks me out for like a day. Yeah. And that gig that night will always be shit and the one the next day. Yeah. They, they never sort of think of that. You sort of think, if you want a better performance, yeah. get me in a couple of days before, put me up in a first night, and I'll, uh, yeah. you know, sort of a spa treatment. And, I'll, like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I don't yeah, get booked that, anymore. Then it'll be yeah. a great gig, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, whereabouts have you gone for like uh, uh, gigs abroad? Uh, I'm trying to think the, the most interesting. I've done uh, Cyprus and Malta, and I've done a lot of Scandinavia, and I've done Belgium and the Netherlands and Estonia, and where else? I've done. I've done more places than that. I sort of forget after a while. I'd love yeah. to do like I've never done any of the ones in Singapore or the Far East, which people have yeah. done. Yeah, uh, I'd like to see those. Yeah, I have a couple of friends who live in Singapore, and they say there's a nice comedy scene there as well. So. Yeah, there's some in Japan now that I really oh, want to do. I cool. really want to do that. But yeah, no. But a lot of the time, I'm mainly in Scandinavia doing uh, gigs. Um, which is nice you went to Japan a couple of years ago didn't you yeah but not for gigs yeah, I you... wish I'd known about the gigs well no actually I don't I had a proper holiday but I w- if I'd known about the gigs I might have tried yeah. like tried and uh, did you uh, did you propose uh, in Japan yeah um, how did you do it uh, up the top of a big fuck off mountain that my wife didn't want to climb uh, <laughs> And, uh, was it one of those things that was like, no, you, you, you want to climb because you yeah, need to be a special it's moment? one of those like, stupid... Uh, I think so many men I know have done that, where they've tried to get uh, the other halves to, to... You know, we've got to do it with this beautiful view, and actually quite often the other half been just happy to not climb up that far. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, yeah. You can just do it at home. Like, yeah, the um, romantic moment is not going up the hill. It, absolutely, yeah. So by the time we went, uh, it was at a place called Miyajima, which is uh, off the coast of Hiroshima, and it's a beautiful okay. little island, and, and the view is insanely good. Uh, but yeah, on the way back down, we almost trod on a poisonous snake, and uh, lots of things. It was wonderfully hazardous. Yeah, yeah it was beautiful. Oh, Good that's, times. That's great. So, yeah. yeah. But I, I've got some stock uh, podcast questions. Right, can I? Oh my god! Yeah, do it. Uh, do it. Have we described the ambience enough now, by the way, or is it? Ah, it's nice. It's all right. It? Yeah, it's, it's a very nice pub. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's got a great beer garden, but it's too cold to be in it. Yeah. It's um, a recording in the last days of November at the moment, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm down to two layers at the moment. Um, just like what? Well, you know, because well, as a Yorkshireman, I feel compelled to wear it a little layers as possible just to sure. reaffirm my non-existent masculinity really so sure is that but is that such a thing for Yorkshire as it is like in the North East well it's well like you know the bit higher because I, I think of it for Newcastle yeah, well I don't know I, I guess um, I think Yorkshire's tarred with the same brush I suppose but I uh, I live, I live very close to that area anyway so yeah uh, I do remember there was a, a few oh god a few years ago and it was particularly uh, snowy and icy Christmas. In fact, I remember it mainly because I had to drive back from Leeds with Carl Donnelly, and it was like driving yeah. into a snow vortex. <laughs> uh, it was the most terrifying. Weird thing. Survived the whole motorway home, and then got to London. As I tried to drop him off, I nearly drove into a lorry oh out God. of tiredness. Yeah. So, but anyway, it was. I remember being in Leeds, just seeing women in short skirts and high heels, like just dying on the ice. Yeah. And it was quite fun to watch in a really sadistic way, but also going. Yeah. I don't know why you would. Like this is the worst snow in ages. Yeah, I, to be honest, I think um, 
I think I just say it. Uh, I don't know. Like sometimes I, I, I like worrying less just so I can make a conversation point out of it. I suppose. But, sure. But sure. yeah. But then again, I like to be. I, I like to be more comfortable than I am conversation. Uh, sure. Yeah, and I mean, I think pneumonia is overrated. <laughs> you know what? Kind of shock you. I agree. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. So, can you describe your act in three words? What? What? How would you? Know? What? Words? No, I can't. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, some descriptive words. Uh, that's a really hard one. I, I sort of think uh, some, there was a thing tweeted earlier where it got tweeted at a load of comedians saying, "How do you describe your act using three of the words below?" And none of the words. I was like, "Oh, none, none of these." I so it's friendly. I think. I think that's. But it's really also ranty. Yeah. <laughs> but well, I think because uh, obviously uh, you do topical and political material, uh, but I think your your kind of the key your key is that you, you're so friendly and endearing, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, you kind of, uh, even if you had like like some right-wing people in the audience, you're still able to attract them in, uh, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, well, weirdly, more so with like the last Edinburgh show where I wasn't specifically topical. Yeah. I had far more mixed audiences yeah. than ones where I'm very specifically topical because yeah. people get sw- turned off. This is a he mentioned a subject you might put sort of adversely about. But, um, but I remember having a really lovely chat after this year's Edinburgh with to window cleaners from Essex who I was thinking you're not normally my oldest but they're such nice guys but they were like that echo chamber bit that really resonates with me and yeah. I was like yeah mate this is great but, um, oh, but uh, it's really nice but yeah so I think but I think friendly which is good and bad because I've written some jokes that I've realised are too dark for me to tell so do you have that editing process where you're like no I can't say this because this is yeah amazing. definitely and for many um, I don't know how sweary your podcast can no get. go ahead oh fine but there was when my old agent banned me from using cunt for some like really? basically you can't say it and I'm like oh no and now now I'm not with them I, I've used it very so I used it once in my last show I think there's a t- I think there's a time place for every word if you have a right place to use it but I, yeah great. but he was he had, his whole thing was like you're too friendly to people get too shocked with you saying it and I was like ah but then again um, if you say it once a show there's juxtaposition there so it's like oh it's funny because you don't expect them to say it but then again you can't use that card all the time you know? yeah yeah of course no, I use it incredibly rarely yeah, yeah. but there's I think it's, it's more like jokes I used to have a oh god this is a really awful joke that I, I did a while but I, I had a joke at the time there was an advert on the tube about a how you could contact the Samaritans by email yeah and I used to have a joke about how I was a bit worried and concerned about that because you might send an email Samaritan saying I feel so alone I just want to end it all and they could send you an email saying uh, send this email to five people and you'll receive bad yeah. luck and it was like <laughs> yeah. that kind of it was the same joke about chain mail but actually people found that too dark coming from me because okay, yeah. it was about people wanting to commit suicide and then playing on that and I was yeah. like it's not too anyway it's a joke about email anyway but, but I had to yeah, be careful whole, what yeah, and, I, and I think now that I've got older and look more tired uh, I think I can get away with more stuff yeah, and also especially in the context of politics, I think. Yeah, yeah. I wrote like a an hour show, but I didn't take it to Edinburgh. But I took it. Um, I took it to smaller festivals, and uh, there's a whole. I do a bit about uh, doing a call to the Samaritans, but the whole of the show is quite nice and chirpy. But at the end, I talk about this bit at the end, and, uh, and I find this way. This it took a while to kind of get it right because you have to get the tone of it right. If you know what I mean, because. Uh, uh, but I find if you kind of put it in the right context, um, uh, you, you are able to do certain types of material. Well, but you have to put a place in the right way. Absolutely, in yeah. an hour, you've, people have got your, you know, um, yeah. you've got their attention yeah. for longer. That you've taken them on a journey, and you can get away with more stuff Definitely. that you cannot get away with in a shorter set. Definitely. And that's why I right. hate shorter sets. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Like uh, obviously, as a 
social media, I'm trying to build myself up for the clubs and uh, get better known. But equally, like, I love doing these hour shows because I can do material which I definitely can't do at club sets. If yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you can't be like, hey, uh, you want to hear about this? Well, so you spend all this time as a newer actor trying to get into all the clubs, and then you get to the clubs and go, oh no, this is all horrible. But I want to spend all my time getting to do solo shows. But unfortunately, um, people won't come to the solo shows unless you do the clubs to begin with. Well, they won't come to solo shows unless you do TV now, but you yeah. won't get to do TV unless you do solo shows. It's a wonderful, uh, terrible situation. Why do you bother? But, I don't know. God knows. Fuck knows. Because uh, I'm crap at everything else. Maybe um, that's what my excuse really is. But, um, Should we just go yeah. home and play Lego Marvel? Mate, it is so good. Like, it's so good. Like They've got so many characters. You yeah. can play as Gwenpool. I don't really? Even, do you know Gwenpool? I, I've only seen a couple of comic I mean, um, she's an alternate universe Gwen Stacy being Deadpool character. Oh, like, is it? They've gone that niche. That's it's beautiful. So, cool. so uh, like, it's a proper... It, a, it is for children, but I'm playing it. But B, it is for people who like Marvel comics. Yeah. Like, it's beautiful. Anyway, the, uh, where are we going? I've now got my head into community <laughs> games. But, uh, but the thing with the... I just find with the clubs, like... I don't know. It's like I think there are some people who are so wonderful playing clubs that I watch and admire and think, oh, uh, ambience update. It's just got sexy. They've <laughs> yeah. dimmed the lights. They've hey, dimmed the lights. Reserve Rob's going to be quite, uh, quite enthusiastic. Later Absolutely, on. he's not going to be that reserved yeah, anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just find that I got. I'm really bored. I, I don't know. I got really bored of playing to audiences that really aren't interested in listening. Yeah, I get it's that. Too. It's just. I sort of think, what's the point? I could have a nicer time playing Lego Marvel. Uh, so, what's the third word to describe oh, your Oh, God, so what do you say? Friendly, what was the other one? Friendly, ranty. Oh, it is ranty. Yeah, I'm trying not to make it ranty, though. Like, I had a real thing about not making it ranty, and then it's ended up still being a bit ranty. I don't think it is. You don't think it's ranty? All right, let's no. retract that word, then. No, Maybe. but, like, I s- there's bits where there are rants, but I don't think you are ranty. Okay, you know I mean? so all right. It, uh, then what would it be? Rant, rant, rantful. Rantful. All right, rantful. <laughs> let's invent that word. Uh, friendly, <laughs> rantful. I... I'm going to throw this out there and it might not be right but I think it's silly sometimes yeah, yeah. I, would, I would love it to be sillier but I think it's got silly or, or what I try and do especially with the politics things is make them silly in order to make them understandable and, but also you, um, you do a lot of work for a comic club for kids as well so a lot of that set is quite silly as oh, well, that's a, but that's a completely different thing yeah, that's a completely yeah. different game that's all stupid yeah yeah, that's all completely stupid and uh, are you doing a Christmas show this year as well? yeah with Howard and Beck we're doing comedy club kids Christmas cracker that's so cool. uh, which is uh, the premise this year is that none of us know what Christmas is uh, because uh, I think it's Christmas and it's all doing crisps Beck thinks it's not. Australian hot Christmas um, and involves games like throwing a wreath on a shark and yeah. boomerang candy cane and Howard has never had a Christmas because he keeps missing it every year due to a series of unfortunate incidents Yeah, and he's 42 so that's 42 Christmases he's missed so, like, so yeah so th- and that's like so the kids have to help us work out what Christmas is like I wish that would I wish more adult comedy was like that because that's yeah. amazing right like, yeah. and you don't you write quite quickly right and you don't uh, how long does it take for you free to write that show uh, well this year um, oh, like oh, a week probably yeah, not even that but then we did we did have a we did a show we did a Christmas cracker show last year and this year I would say it's 30-40% the same stuff okay. but in a slightly different format because oh. we're doing different venues this year than the ones we did last year so uh so it's slightly cheating. I think if we had to write from scratch, it would take a bit longer. But but still, to still compile a show after not doing it for a year, it's, it's, yeah. it's pretty good to do in a week, I think. Uh, yeah, it was a couple of Skype meetings yeah. and a couple of rehearsals at Howard Reed's house uh, yeah. and then performances in front of his children, yeah. uh, which was great. They're a good, savvy audience. But uh, the, um, 
how it reads to children about comedians as well, right? They do. Well, they do stand up at our comedy club kids, and they're ridiculously good. Sam and Mabel, yeah, they're brilliant. Like, yeah. uh, I, uh, I think I saw Samson before, and he just like, like I was astounded if you know what I mean. Like, uh, just to see, just see children doing comedy, uh, which you do at those clubs, it's it's just remarkable because like the stuff they come out with is just fascinating. Like, like they're so switched on if you know what I mean. It's, uh, like, they're I, crazy. I mean, as Sam and Mabel have done ACMS, the adult game, oh, and yes. they're just and smashed it there. Like they've both been, you know, they're just their stuff, but their stuff's beautifully silly. What's one of their? What's they've got a sketch at moment called John's Amazing World of Swears, and it's an advert song for John's Amazing World of Swears, which is where teenagers go and where mums go when <laughs> yeah. they get uh, when they find yeah when mums go when they find a grey hair. It's John's yeah. Amazing World of Swears, and it's all about where people go to buy their favourite new swear words. Yeah, but obviously they never swear because they're kids, yeah. and it's just this. They, yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. That's great. Yeah. They're yeah. very funny. Yeah. I've got some more stock uh, questions. Go for it. I'm really I'm impressed by this proper preparation. Well, you know, I, um, I'll, I'll go with some of the, uh, the, the stranger ones. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. Stranger ones. Nice. Uh, what is a routine that you've loved doing but's never worked out on stage? Oh. Uh, I don't know if I've got whole routines. I've got lots of little jokes. I mean, my very recent one... I'll tell you a very recent joke that I've done every single time I've done my recent Edinburgh show and it's never ever worked. It didn't work on the filming, it's never worked. Yeah. Is I've got simply got a line that says individualism, it's not for me. Mm. Right? And and I like that. I like that as well. Never worked. Yeah. Never worked. Put it on Twitter, didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, put it I did it on lots of shows, no one's cared. Yeah. Like no one no one likes it except for me. Yeah. Um, I had a joke in my first Edinburgh show that said, um, which again, I loved, right? I love this, which is and no one else likes this. But uh, my joke was that sometimes I throw obscure references into my comedy so people think I'm funny and clever. Yeah. Either that or it fails like the Mickelson-Morley experiment of 1887. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and I love that joke. Never. People just stare at me like, uh. <laughs> and I was like, no, I've really, it's really clever. Yeah. And also, it's a real experiment. I, the, what, I once got heckled by a guy who knew what the experiment was. And I was like, oh, I don't actually know what the experiment I just Googled yeah. most failed experiment. But, like, this joke, like, I have... Yeah. Gags like that that nobody likes except me, but yeah. I keep them in because I like it. Yeah, it and if it makes one it. person laugh ever, I feel like it's done its job. Yeah, you know, it's little niche bits. I don't know if I've got full. Uh, I've had like, uh, yeah, I've had, I've sort of written bits and pieces that have. Uh, what was that? I had a, I did have something in the beginnings of this year's show. No, it was the beginnings of last year's show that didn't quite work. Which is about um, it was I think it was too childish like it was sort of Greg Davis level material <laughs> it was about favourite fart noises uh, okay, and which yeah. is uh, it's something that I do find funny yeah. but I think it was it didn't quite gel with the yeah the show or anything I've ever said <laughs> yeah it's a shame but um, like, so before you started doing satirical stuff did you do this kind of more silly kind of uh, act as well um, yeah it was only silly yeah. It was all really stupid, uh, and, uh, and I just yeah, it was all uh, like my first ever set that I wrote at uni was. Uh, so you did the masters. And I did the same. The same. Not master. Well, yeah, I suppose but, it was masters. I did it was M, M drama. Yeah, it was like a. It's not a proper masters. Well, I've got a proper masters like you have. Well, just by name, I don't think it's a proper masters, but you do have the, the majority of the full calls anyway. Yeah, it's like a four year, four year BA. Yeah. It's a four year BA because I didn't get them. I meant to at some point I should contact them and get it updated because yeah. it became an M drama after yes. um, after I left yeah. it became more worth it once I left which <laughs> yeah. I think says a lot about me yeah. uh, and how they viewed uh, how they viewed our year uh, 
but yeah so but my first set for that was where I wrote a joke that I still used to say which is all about um, how Lionel Richie is both rich and looks like a lion yeah. uh, and I still do that and, and jokes about like making sports more exciting by adding in booby traps and it was all yeah. it was all really silly stuff but it also had stuff about me being veggie vegetarian yeah. it had bits and pieces but it was generally I don't know I mean my favourite human in the world like, I love Harry Hill I love yeah. Harry Hill and I love properly and, you know, I love Adventure Time the cartoon Yo, properly silly yeah. Um, you know all that kind of really imaginative bonkers stuff is the stuff that really makes me giggle um, Vic and Bob I love and uh, and I I sort of hate that I've in a way I hate that I've become like writing about politics because yeah. I'd much rather write really silly shit yeah but then again as you mentioned earlier I do think you have that essence still within your comedy with the political stuff though. you are still um, though it's the foundation of what you're talking about is Political, um, what you come out with, you springboard uh, something into silly. Like, yeah, all the jokes you make are still silly, if you know what I mean. Uh, so, um, I think you've found a really nice blend between the two, really. So. Yeah, it'd be nice to almost go more. Uh, yeah, I haven't worked out how you can go even more silly, yeah. silly with it, like, really to the extent that I would find yeah. very funny. I mean, I don't know, yeah, it's, it's still, it's always evolving, isn't it? Yeah, comedy, uh, you're always working it out. That's the thing, like, uh, at the moment, I'm kind of, like, as I said earlier, I'm kind of, it's weird because I'm changing as a person, so that means that I'm changing, my persona changes on the stage yeah. a bit, uh, so it's, um, yeah, it's um, still, it's not like, I'm, I know who I am, but as I change, I need to update myself, because, yeah, yeah. because I used to, like, someone described me uh, when I first started out, it's like someone's, uh, like, little brother, if you know what I mean, I had that kind of, oh, he's quite sure. sweet, yeah, yeah. but now I have a bit more confidence, I'm a bit more, like, a bit more bodacious, if you know what I mean, a bit more, yeah. Uh, I don't know what I am anymore, but just a bit more... Well, Copy you're you, it. but older. Yeah, that's it. That's which is it. a different person. But yeah. it's like, without um, being, you know, I have only have like five five phrases that I memorize. <laughs> for, but other people have said that. I go, oh yes, wise advice. But like, um, I think it was the on. Uh, oh, we discussed another podcast. Podcast Mark Maron's what the fuck podcast. Yes. But his interview with Tom York some years ago. I'm a massive Radiohead fan. Uh, oh, like cool. really ridiculously big Radiohead fan, and um, and big music fan. Like I wish. The one thing I hate about comedy is the amount of music gigs I miss because of mm. evening fucking comedy gigs. But um, anyway, this interview with Tom York, one of the things they asked, or one of the things Mark Maron asked him was like, you know, every album is different. Like every album is, it, you know, it's always got the radio sound, but it's always something like uh, OK Computer Kid A was yeah. massively different. Yeah. Um, you know, then Amnesiac to Hell uh, to the Thief, massively different. And then all the way to kind of yeah. uh, King of Limbs and, and the, you know, oh, Moon Shape, all that. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So it's always changing, always changing. And they said, you know, you could have just made OK Computer. 12 times yeah why didn't you and Tom York said because that would because we're not those people we, we change the things we listen to all yeah. our influences change and as an artist you portray you if you're yeah. if you're making the same crap then you're lying to yourself and to the audience yeah and I think that should be the same for comedy like I never understand it when you have acts who are and I, I say this uh, I'm throwing this out there with a complete not going to name anyone because I don't there's not many I could name really that do this but when people do the same kind of show year in year out and you think but yeah. has your life exactly is this really it's a plateau yeah have you not changed how you view anything or nothing's happened in your life that gives you a different perspective on anything like it's yeah. weird and like I think at Edinburgh show if you're doing it yearly as well it should be a reflection of what's what you are of that year it's like yeah, a, yeah. it's like a snapshot of what's 
about who you are and to where you're at in your life at yeah. that time as well. And, uh, but even, I mean, even then, like, I, I, so I recorded my Edinburgh show two Sundays ago, so it was that November, I felt my Edinburgh show was no longer entirely how I feel about certain things, yeah, yeah. because already so many other things have happened in the world that I feel, yeah. you know, uh, in my brain more now, and I feel <laughs> how, how I feel about things, and, you know. Oh, um, but I think that's important, as I say, it's about growth and um, becoming... A, with, with comedy, you, you never, you, you can't really beat it. It's not conquerable. It's a, it's a thing you just keep on doing. So you, you can't get, complete it. Yeah. You can't do final level comedy and yeah. then beat a boss. Yeah, yeah exactly. Who oh. would it be? Peter Kay? I don't know. Probably not Peter Kay. He sells the quickest. Yeah. But I, how, how, what, what do you mean? You sold all your tickets out for 2019, right, Taylor? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> <coughs> um, Okay, um, I'm going to ask a question I haven't asked uh, for a long time. Um, Do it. Uh, what gig did you last die at? Oh, Jesus. Um, in fact, I remember this really well. It was the Blackwood Miners Institute uh, oh, really? October two years ago yeah. uh, in deepest Wales. Yeah. And I've been there before and had a really lovely time. I've done it maybe five or six times in my life, probably maybe more than that. And last time I was there... The compare, who's very good, uh, James Cook, lovely guy, very funny man, he introduced me and they didn't even clap or like really make any noise. And then I walked on stage to 30 minutes of silence. Oh my god. And I tried talking and it didn't work. And I tried silly gags and it didn't work. And I tried political gags and it didn't work. And several people got up and just left. And I didn't, I had no idea what I did. I don't know what I did. So I just got through it. I carried on and I did 30 minutes. And then I walked off stage and I got in the car and went home. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I waited. Mark Olver was up next, yeah. who's just so good, it's annoying. Yeah. And I watched him start his set. And of course, he started, they, they loved him immediately. And I was like, no, it's what awesome. have I done? I, um, Fuck it. It's awful when that happens at a gig because if, if everyone dies, it's like admirable. But yeah, uh, yeah. If, if you go, uh, I remember open. Um, I did a paid open slot. It's my first ever paid open slot in Glasgow for Wild Cabaret for Janie Dudley. And I was like, okay, a bit nervous about this, but it should be okay. I went on stage and um, to be honest, I was so nervous that it kind of it ruined the gig. And I was just like, uh, I, I, I started off doing a Trump gag, but I didn't follow through with it. So it was, right. kind of, it was in the dead man's land. And from uh, it just went, I was about to do 15 minutes, but she was calling me off after eight, if you know what I mean. So, oh, yeah. shit. And it's like, oh, this is bad. It's bad. It's not good. Because I felt bad because I was getting paid for it as well. But then, um, then next up was uh, who I now realise he's a, he's a pro comic who's just doing 10 minutes just to kind of beef up a set. Uh, and he went on, smashed it to oh, pieces. And I was just like, but oh. sometimes like, following someone who's died is the easiest yeah, gig of your life. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the gig in um, Liverpool that I think is gone now, Baby Blue, which yeah. I did, I've never enjoyed. But the best gig I ever had there was the time I had to follow a Manchester actor who got slow hand clapped off. And I walked on stage, and normally being from London, that gig they wouldn't like it, but because I wasn't from Manchester, yeah. I fucking I like, had the best yeah. twenty minutes. And then the next night, the compere introduced me as he stormed it last night, and then I died from the second I got oh, on stage. God. This is a few years back, very angry about it. But um, yeah, so but the Black Mind Institute was because I had one recently it was a charity gig, but all of us died. Not yeah. all of us died. We just the audience were tough, and so I walked away again. That's not dying. Yeah, yeah. That's I a general. Yeah. I think um, they're if a it's bunch specifically of specifically you. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, I think. But, um, well, thank you for being honest and candid. Oh, that's what it is. I'm sure I'd like to say that there was something. Maybe there was something more recent. That's the one that sticks no, no, in my no, brain no. and hurts. That's the one that I, I get. I still see it pop up of like availability. And yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not going. I can't go back. It I can't, can't go back. It contorts your soul a bit. It's like, yeah, oh, uh, horrible. Um, 
I'll start wrapping up relatively soon, but uh, if you could flat share uh, with any three comedians in Edinburgh, dead or alive, for an entire month, who would they be? Oh fuck, that's really hard. Because I, uh, because there's lots of comedians I'd probably flat share with, but in recent years in Edinburgh I've really enjoyed having my own place because yeah. uh, you need the headspace. <laughs> yeah, oh totally. <laughs> but yeah. even though it costs you more than you would like. Um, oh no, that's tough. Um, well, I've been talking, I, I, uh, I think Johnny Donahue from Johnny and Paddy, and Paddy, Johnny and Paddy are just two of my favourite yeah. people, oh. and I would happily uh, flat share with both of them. Uh, uh, who else? Uh, Nish is brilliant, big fan of Nish. Uh, I, I, I've never met Nish before, but like, uh, I, he's my, one of my favourite co-hosts on The Bugle at the moment. And, yeah, uh, I he's just, great. I just love him he's so much. great. I mean, also, to be honest, I spend so much time with Beckhill that it would be wrong for me not to uh, yeah. suggest Beckhill. But at the same time, we spend so much time together that I don't know if we'd want to then spend a further month together. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Howard Reed. I mean, the two of them I can just hang out with all the time. Um, and at the same time, though, after a month of hanging out with them, I probably want to kill them both. So well, I don't know. That's a, I, I like this question because it means like you have to like kind of deal with them. Or they haven't put out the rubbish. You know, they haven't done the washing up. You know, that's yeah, but it. that's the fucking stuff. Like the the amount of the, the, you know the amount of years in Edinburgh where I flat shared with uh, people who I love but are really terrible to live with. Yeah, and that it, it can really ruin your whole friend show because all you need in Edinburgh is like your space to go and go. Yeah, ah, like just like this year, me and my wife lived together, just us two, out in. It'd be weird if we didn't live together. But out, it was out in. Uh, we were out in Leith, so we could see the sea from our window. Yeah, and it was a good like twenty-five minute walk away from Bridge where we were. We could hear any bagpipes or flyers or anything. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it was like ah, oh, little haven. Yeah. I don't have to talk to another comedian all evening, yeah. and we could just eat properly. And that's like that's yeah, what you need. And it takes you away from that festival because you, you, you're out of that work environment you're yeah. relaxing as well. that's it you, yeah you can't work all the time and uh, in my life at the moment I'm kind of um, I spent about the last year working really solidly solidly at comedy and like uh, my, my life got kind of out of kilter but uh, like you need balance across the board as well yeah so you, you need, need a real life yeah definitely a real, a real life yeah that's it though uh, and if you don't have that real life that does affect your comedy in terms of your experiences as well like uh, Sarah Milliken says she, she also kind of um, spent a long time just focusing on comedy but she also she said she, you need to spend time with the people who made you who you were to begin with if yeah you know yeah, I mean. yeah. Uh, well it's interesting whenever you watch those acts on stage you, all they're talking about is I did a gig that was like this I was travelling to this gig and you're like no one else in the audience can relate to this yeah definitely because yeah. none of the rest of them have done other unless there's other comics in the audience none of the rest of them can you know it's like, I remember years ago and, and this is a comedian who I adore um, but uh, if I was say his name but it's Reese Darby who I adore yeah. I adore Reese and Reese is um, just always made me laugh there was um, we had to do an audition together years ago before he went really? to Hollywood yeah. and I didn't get the part because he made me all like, I couldn't stop laughing because yeah. he was making me laugh throughout the whole audition because he was too funny yeah. and then he went on to get the part it was for a CBBC show yeah. and uh, I just I couldn't he was too funny but I remember seeing him after he'd been to Hollywood and everything and his first show back was all about being in LA and like chats with agents and it was like oh, the audience so are going well we don't know what this is about yeah, like, what, yeah this isn't and then he had a few bits that were more relatable and f- just stormed it yeah and it was like you can't just yeah, yeah. You, you've still got to yeah. you know make people remember you're human somehow that's, I think yeah, yeah. I think that's really important I think so um, unless I mean you know in respect to all the non-human comedians out there I don't want to discriminate <laughs> if yeah, there are any xenomorphs yeah, or, or yeah. robot comedians uh, oh, robot comedians are coming man it'll happen do you reckon 
I've, I wrote a stand-up for a robot called the Robo Thespian. Oh, yeah, the I remember. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah. I mean, it will require human writers. But there may be algorithms they can just sort of pull together. Yeah. What is the deal with self-service checkouts? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll be all that sort of thing. I mean, if, if Russian bots can uh, influence the election, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we can get basic observational material from uh, a series of automatons. <laughs> We can only hope, can't we? Yeah, we can only hope. Do it. Let's talk about this one. Wait. That was Tien and Duyeb. Uh, as I say, part two will be back in soon. <laughs> I think probably next week, but I'm pretty busy at the moment, so maybe it might be March, I don't know. I hope you enjoyed episode 15, it was an absolute pleasure to record with Tiernan, and it was one of the more, uh, one of the ones where we actually go into a pub and do it, because usually I try to find somewhere a bit quieter, uh, and that might have been more appropriate. However, it, it felt like uh, I don't really do enough of those, so I felt I would do I would do uh, like a like a proper one at the behest of sound quality, but I think it was a uh, really fun, and uh, you got a lot more to look forward to in part two as well, where we have more uh, m- a lot more stock questions and a lot more uh, uh, a lot more frivolity. Check out that word. Uh, it's going to be jocular as fuck. Uh, <laughs> I'm like Daniel Kitson here. Um, just a quick one. I have a brand new podcast out. Shit, shock, horror. There's a new podcast. Yeah, it's a it's a brand new podcast called Myths, and it's about uh, me and my friend Dan Rhodes. We uh, essentially retell ancient stories and myths, and uh, it's it's a really funny podcast and something I'm really really proud of. So if you want to check it out, you can find it at at Myths Podcast on uh, social media. Uh, also, you can email us at mythspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, but we can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Acast. We're all over the shop. Uh, our first episode's just been released uh, with Theseus and the Minotaur. And it's I think it's got a really nice reaction to start with. Uh, we've got a couple of five-star reviews. Thank you for them. And, uh, yeah, it's, if you can just keep on... Uh, if you can just give it a listen or share it with your friends, that'd be great. And also, you can do that with this podcast, uh, and you can follow us in all the uh, usual places like Drunk on Pod, uh, at social media, uh, general social media, and you can just uh, get in touch with us there. Give us, uh, you know, give us the uh, the old five stars if you fancy it, and we'll be back next week with more Tin Do Yep. I've been Matt Hoss, and I'll see you guys later on. Bye! I'll put them there for later. Oh, Something that's cool. That. That's right. Um, reserved for Rod. Rod. Yeah. Oh, Spell in the proper, like... Yeah, it's... Uh, as in Rod Hull or yeah. uh, Black Rod type way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, that was a good, good distraction. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but it also says reserved Rod, as though Rod is just a very reserved man. Yeah, like, if, if it's a flamboyant Rod, yeah, he's not having the table. He's, uh, no, no, he's not, but reserved Rod is so very quietly. Yeah, he's yeah. fine. He, you're welcome to take a seat. Absolutely. Um, <laughs>